Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Dines with Dara on the Joy Slot podcast brought to you by irishsportsdaily.com. That's former Notre Dame basketball player and captain Dara Mabry, and I'm Greg Flamong with Irish Sports Daily. Uh, last night, Notre Dame opened their season with a 110-48 victory over Division II opponent Purdue Northwest, which featured the, featured the debut of highly touted freshman guard Hannah Hidalgo, and she uh, showed out on the night. Uh, 23 points on eight of nine shooting, six rebounds, two, uh, seven assists, and five steals. Uh, we're going to talk about that today. We're going uh, as we're also going to talk about the performance of the team overall, what they did defensively, and look ahead to the big matchup in Paris, France, against the number six ranked South Carolina Gamecocks. So thank you everyone for tuning in. If this is your first time catching uh, Dines with Dara on the Joy Slot podcast, um, and you want to catch more of this content, please subscribe to the show. Please like this video and uh, hit the hit the notification bell so you know that we are going live. I'll put links to the podcast in the description below. Um, as always, if you've listened to our earlier shows, uh, I'm going to be putting this uh, podcast on the Hit and Hustle feed as we grow uh, an audience. And once that happens, this will uh, transition to its own uh, Joy Slot podcast feed. So uh, let's get into it. Dara, uh, yesterday, about 6.30 Eastern time, you texted me. Uh, there's no broadcast feed for this game. <laughs> and I said, yeah, there's not. And then I thought, well, wait, I think I know why she's asking me this. Because mm-hmm. I don't think she's there. And she was not. But that's fine. Because you know what? <laughs> I'm a professional. I, I am very, I am very uh, used to analyzing uh, things that I have not seen. Uh, basically every spring Notre Dame football practice is, uh, is something that I don't see. And so I can, and, and luckily the other part, uh, Dara is, um, there are so many, uh, good stats that come out from basketball, like so much more than football. It's, it's a, uh, it's, it's basically a plethora of, of data for us to look at and analyze. Um, so we're going to do that today. Um, but it is good to get for sure. Good good visuals so that as we go forward that's going to be the case uh going forward you you need a good visual uh to to analyze games you all you know what else you need a good visual for dara what else Uh, if you if you want to uh upgrade your your website if you need a good website or if you want to uh have a have an engagement video or a highlight reel something that you want to make pop like we made our show pop with the intro a Dimes with Dara intro. And if you want to do that, you can go to vsrmediacompany.com, which is founded by Notre Dame football pregame host and Emmy award-winning anchor Vahid Saad Razade. VSR Media provides professional and cinematic video and photo. Whether you're looking for a collegiate or pro-level highlight reel, have a personal story to tell, or are aiming to diversify and grow your business, VSR Media specializes in short and long-form video storytelling, social media management, and website design. VSR Media also captures professional headshots, senior, and sports photos. Contact them at vsrmediacompany.com. Mention Irish Sports Daily to receive 20% off your first project. Visit them online or give them a call at 574-800-9106. Before we get into the game, Dara, I'm wondering, you play a team like uh, Purdue Northwest, mm-hmm. and they are obviously not the caliber of a uh, Notre Dame women's basketball program, right? right. Uh, they do they do not have national title aspirations. They don't get upset if they are ranked 10th in the in the AP national poll. 
And that's what we should be fifth, right? Like they don't get yeah. mad about that, right? Yeah. Um, so what do what do the girls take from this? How does the team approach it coming in going into it, coming out of it? Like how do they gauge what is um a quality performance versus um you know something like can you can you win 110 to 48 and yeah. take anything away from that uh going into like a big game against South Carolina what what are the what does the team take away from that so obviously i mean you mentioned the caliber of the team that they were going against usually in any exhibition um it's not against a ranked opponent or someone like yeah. power 5 mm -hmm. um but Speaking from experience, you approach every single game the exact same way. So the way they approach that game is the same way that they're going to approach South Carolina, UConn uh, in in November and December, the same way they would approach anybody at the end of March. Um, mm -hmm. so I think that's how they look at it. Um, but at the same time, like you mentioned something about winning. Um, obviously, they won. Obviously, like, I mean, that score was a was a blowout but yeah. there's other things that like you can take from that win so like as, as an experienced player like there there were games where we won by 50 plus but it it wasn't as sad it's like obviously you celebrate win winning because it's hard at that level but at the same time like some of those wins as a as a player speaking they some of them even feel like losses because the score doesn't determine sometimes like whether you won or lost, if that mm. makes sense, even like yeah. it's a stat, but when you're a, a national championship caliber team, sometimes all those wins don't feel like um, wins. We may, like, I remember my, I think it was my last year here or my second to last year here. We played, I think Purdue Fort Wayne and we, we broke a record for like the longest that we haven't scored in the first five minutes of a game. And obviously the next practice, after, even though we won, we handled business, we took care of business, the ex, the level of expectation is still so high that like the practice, the practice the day after you would have thought that we lost the game, you know, like by the way we were practicing. So there's, there's different ways to, to handle it, but you go into it the exact same way. And I mean, just from the clips I saw and what they did, um, they handled business. They should celebrate that. Um, but even in, these exhibition games, like no matter what the score says, I already know they learned so much. They're taking so much from that game offensively and defensively, no matter how well or poor that they played, they're taking whatever they learn and bringing it into South Carolina. So like one thing I could say about games like that, when you play like lower caliber teams and the score is a blowout, you're winning by 30, 40, 50, you learn so much from those games so much. Interesting. Interesting. Like, give me an example. Like, I guess give me because I did not expect you to yeah. say that actually. But, but yeah, give me an example. So, at that point, when you're winning like that, obviously you're playing to win. But I, I always thought of it as a player, like you're winning to get better at that, right. or playing to get better at that yeah. point. So, like, I mean, from a coach's standpoint, at the end of the game, like she could when the score is that is is that far apart, she could be practicing uh, trick plays for South Carolina. She could be throwing different defenses out there just to see, okay, if I throw this defense out there, what is the opponent going to do, you know? Or if I run this and against a team that 
switches at the end of the game, like late shot clock. If I run this, what are they going to do? So then you can counter off of that and learn. Um, so that's how I used to think of it was you're playing to get, to get better, but like a specific example could be you're playing against a mid major or low major team and you miss a help rotation, but just because of the caliber of the team, they didn't score. Oh, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. No, it does matter. You're going to get chewed out because in the next game or the next team that you play, that's going to be a bucket because you missed your rotation on defense. And just, that's what I'm saying. Just because you might play lower caliber teams, your standard, your mechanisms, your schemes, and your level of effort has to remain the same because that's how you practice good habits. And that's what separates national championship caliber teams and teams that might just go through the motions and get away with things and that kind of thing. All right. That's good insight. I, I appreciate you saying that uh, because, and I think that once we, once we get into, uh, and we're going to bring up the stats here in the full box score. I'm going to get your read on that. But once we yeah. get to see the team play, uh, you can pick out some of the the things that you were talking about, like the little things. Um, sure. that may not stand out to someone who's yeah. just kind of watching the game. Uh, obviously, we talked about Hannah Hidalgo, uh, 23 points on uh, eight of nine shooting, two of three from three-point field goals, uh, probably the lone bright spot uh, shooting threes on this game. We'll, we'll talk about that mm-hmm. um, in just one second. Um, obviously, like filling up the stat sheet in, in 25 minutes of play, um, which kind of goes to show like everything that you've talked about, everything that Yale talked to, to me about, where it's just like, the total package there. And especially with the defense too. five steals, the team had 21 steals on the night. Um, and, and I, I want to focus on that for a second. Cause Niel talked about, um, you know, how she raises the level of the defense and it kind of makes it contagious. 100%. Yeah. The, the other part too, is I think that it, the ball pressure that she can put on, it allows for players to be a little bit more aggressive in their mindset because if the other teams have trouble just bringing up the ball, right? Like that makes it so much different. And, and, it, and it makes it like, it takes them longer just to get into their offense, to get into their sets. It leads to poor shot quality for the opponent as well. Um, So how much does that play into it? Just like the ball pressure, that she puts on just as they're bringing it up the court, what does that allow her teammates to do um, in, in, uh, in kind of jumping other, other passes and being more aggressive in passing lanes, like Natalie Marshall with four steals, uh, Becky Obimo with four steals, Cassandra Prosper with uh, two steals, three steals for Maddie Westbeld um, and on and on. So what, what kind of, how much, how much of a difference does ball pressure bringing the ball up? how, How does that make a difference for a defense as a whole? It sets the standard. So, like, obviously, when the girl has the ball in her hand, that's the main focus. That's who everybody's looking at. And when you see your t- – defense is is team-oriented, especially yeah. the type of defense that Notre Dame plays. Um, there's built-in help, and it's almost like a well-oiled machine. And when you see a team get a stop, it's it's unbelievable because everybody contributes, and it starts with ball pressure. So when you see your teammate up there pressuring the ball – it automatically raises your intensity and and your level of focus to be when you see your teammate doing that. It's almost like, okay, where am I? Okay, am I in the right spot? All right, let, maybe I can move up a little bit. Maybe I'll step back a little bit because then you might 
anticipate a steal and then you're yeah. ready. And the clip of Hannah showed that, I think what they posted on Twitter yesterday, she cut her off. She let her drive right into the help and she swiped from behind and you saw Sonia was ready, picked up the ball. Hannah took off. Boom. That's chemistry too, right there. Yeah. So it builds chemistry. It raises the level of focus and it just gets everybody on the same page because getting stops is hard um, at mm. that level, especially when you're facing teams in the future, like South Carolina and all those power five teams they have on a really good schedule. Um, when Hannah does that, it, it brings everybody on the same page and it, it raises their intensity to what hers is. And as a freshman, that is huge. Yeah. Yeah. So it just, it, I mean, it goes to show, right? So 21 uh, steals on the night, which is, which is huge number. Um, and Neil Ivy made a, made a point to talk about that um, yesterday. And so something else I want to bring up is, I guess this, this would be on the negative three of 17 shooting from three. Um, how, how big a deal is that for you? Like you look at that and uh, obviously we, we haven't seen the game, so we don't, we don't know shot quality. Right. Um, I, I doubt, right. Like yeah. Purdue's Northwest is really yeah. know, forcing them into negative bad shots. Right. Like big mm -hmm. hand in the face. Like you should be, you should be able to get some clean looks against a, a caliber of opponent like that. Um, three of 17 shooting. It's it is a one game thing, so you don't want to overreact to any any one game situation there when you're going to yeah. play thirty plus. Um, but it is notable as it is yeah. a, a point of emphasis for uh, Neil Ivy this year. So what 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 is your take on that? I think what you said before, like I saw that stat and I saw you know some people going back and forth on Twitter about it, and I was just like, all right, whatever. Like you shot three for seventeen from three, and you still won by what was what was it a hundred and? Oh, uh, it was one ten to forty eight. So we're looking at uh, sixty two points. I mean, yeah. At the, we know we have great shooters. We know we have people that are gonna come in and shoot the ball as well. I think we have definitely have more shooters than we did last year. I know she wants to attempt more at the three. So all right, now you attempted. That's a solid amount. And I think they're going to fall. I mean, first game, it could have been like the three-point shot is great. But at the same time, it's also the hardest shot on the floor mm -hmm. for a reason. Um, so I don't think – I didn't look much into that stat. I think they should uh, shoot some more after practice. It should motivate them. Maybe get a few extra threes up together. But I don't think – I think that's something that they're going to take and just say, okay, if you're going to take that many threes, could you just make a few more? <laughs> just a few more. I don't, yeah. think, I don't think that stat is going to carry on at all, at all. If you look down the list, Hannah can shoot the three. Sonia can shoot the three. AD can shoot. Maddie can shoot. Not Kylie's specialty. Cass has improved her three-point shot. Unbelievable, just from what I've seen from last year. A lot of her threes sometimes were sometimes flat. And now, like, when I watch her shoot, she – Three-point shooting has improved so much, which is so big for her because she's great on defense, an athlete, um, slasher, uh, can drive. And with her speed and athleticism, her being able to shoot the three is great. Um, and then you look down, not Becky's specialty, not Nat. Obviously, they're post players. And then you got Sarah mm -hmm. who can shoot the three a little bit. I think they're going to be absolutely fine. And that stat doesn't mean anything. Okay. All right. Well, I'll say we'll monitor because here, here's the thing. 
uh it's kind of very similar to um uh you know not to bring up the football team but like early in the year Notre mm-hmm. Dame's blowing out teams that yeah. aren't very good right and uh but they're not they're not hitting the the ball deep right yeah. and it's kind of like all right well you know it's and and the thing is well we don't have to right you score 49 you score 50 plus you don't have to do it you're doing other things it's like okay that's true 100% yeah uh, but you you would like to hit them, you know, and so yeah. it it's uh it, it's something that will will manifest itself. Emma Rich didn't play in the game, uh, so she wasn't available. She's one of their best three point shooters. Um, so we'll see how that comes out. Um, yeah, you know, and look with basketball, similar to baseball, it, it it can go it can go one way and then it can shift. Like you go through ebbs and flows. Um, uh, but something we're going to keep track of. We're definitely going to monitor that. Um, the rebounding situation is uh, is stellar, right? So you have 51 rebounds on the night. Uh, Becky Obinma with 12 rebounds in 12 minutes of play. Uh, you you, you got to love that, right? And, and I know that Neil Ivy, like we we talked about, like how are you going to replace Lauren Ebo, right? One of the better rebounding teams in the nation last year. How are you going to replace her? Becky Obinma comes in with 12. Uh, Sony co- pitches in with nine on her end. Uh, Maddie, uh, only five, but at the same time, four on the offensive rebound. Like that, that's a big deal. Let me ask you. Let me let me ask you this question: How how big is um, is offensive rebounding emphasized by Neil? Because not a lot of coaches. A lot of coaches are of the of the mind of like, hey, offensive rebounds are luxuries. We want to get back and we we want to be defending. How how big of a point of emphasis is that for Neil? It's, it's huge because when you, when as a player, when you're out there, when the other team gets an offensive rebound, it's almost like a, it's almost like you got up and someone just pushed you right back down. And it's kind of like, Oh, Oh my God. And now you have to sit down and play another 20 seconds of defense Uh, is 20, 24, whatever the shot clock goes back to. I think you probably know. Oh, right. Right. It starts at 30, right? Yeah. I think it's, I think it's 20. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I have to play defense again. And and now an offensive rebound, like on the other side of things, when your team gets an offensive rebound, it's it's a momentum swing. Like yeah. you feel like, oh, we got an offensive rebound. Okay, now we're about to score. Okay, we're going to make you play another 20 seconds of defense and now we're about to score. Mm-hmm. And it's huge. Like rebounding is – I don't think it's emphasized enough um, in women's basketball and w- like really how important it is to the game. Um, we have people that can rebound offensively and defensively, but you got to use, you have to use your talent properly. Like we have rebounders. So obviously you got to make that a point of emphasis, like take like Maddie and Cass and even Sonia had a ton, a a ton of those rebounds. Great rebounder. It's just momentum swings, another opportunity. Um, and more specifically an opportunity for an, an easier bucket, you know, especially when you play, play difficult teams and really good opponents that come into the schedule. Like you, you have to work for points. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you go get an offensive rebound, like, or you get a friendly bounce or something like the opportunity to sit in your offense and make someone play defense again, like down the stretch is huge. Yeah, so uh, Notre Dame did a great job in that area uh, last night. Uh, yeah. So let, let's a couple other things uh, worth pointing out here. 
Um, so that we talked about the total steals at 21, nine turnovers. No one had more than two. Uh, so that's good, right? Like you, you want, you, you want to have that, um, the number below, right? You, you don't want it too high, especially like exhibition game or not. Like it's your first time playing for real. Right. And so, yeah. um, the fact, the fact that it's not a sloppy performance, um, is really nice. 19 to 25 from the free throw line, 76%. Um, I think you'll take that most nights, like generally you want above 80%, but I think most nights, 76%, I think that's going to work out for you. You shoot 54% um, for the game, obviously getting some really good looks inside, uh, especially when you consider like you're shooting your three for 17 from three, right? So your, your, your two point percentage uh, is going to be up in the sixties, uh, if not in the seventies there. Uh, so I, for, let's talk about Sony real quick. Uh, seven of 12, one of four from three, seven of eight from the free throw line, the, kind of a complete floor game from her nine rebounds, six assists, um, two steals and two blocks, which I think is, is pretty notable for her. Yeah. Uh, and, and just like watching her last night in the, um, in the, uh, the post game, you know, it's, it's Neil, it's Sony and it's Hannah sitting up there. Mm-hmm. Sony, it to me is so important while Liv is out because, yeah, <laughs> Hannah just she looks young, right? Like she plays <laughs> older, but she looks young, and and, and I think yeah. and, and th- it just it, it that really means nothing other than a reminder of like she is eighteen years old, you know, and it's it's just like. I, I don't, I, again, I don't know what it's like in the women's game as far as, um, or even the men's game. I don't, I don't know what it is in like a, from in a basketball context for such a young player to be kind of the best player on the floor, you know? And yeah. it just feels like, man, that's a lot, you know? And maybe in the beginning it won't matter, but um, like we talk about the freshman wall a lot. I feel like, like, Sony's going to be real important to kind of like, the, I think there's going to be times when Hannah's just kind of like hired, you know, it, not maybe not physically, but just like mentally too, just like yeah. human nature. Uh, so I thought her floor game was, was exceptional. Um, just looking at the, looking at the stat sheet, right? Like that's what you want to see from her. Um, Maddie with a nice game in 17 minutes uh, scoring, or I'm sorry, in 20 minutes scoring uh, 17 points. And uh, on eight of eleven shooting, uh, but what what did you th- what do you think about those two and just kind of the night that Sony had? Just looking at the, the stat sheet yeah. and what it means for to kind of help along Hannah here. It, it yeah. can't just be Hannah out there. Um, I think that's no surprise there from Sonia. She like Neil references her as the Swiss Army knife sometimes, and she's so important because she does everything. Yeah. She, she can score. She can defend. She can rebound. She can lead. She can handle the ball. Um, and I think, I mean, H- Hannah's Hannah. She's great. She's going to provide every single night. I think I think what you're referring to when you say freshman wall is just experience. Yeah. I mean, Hannah is a freshman, so obviously she doesn't have that experience. Mm. Um, and I think the two of them together are so important because at the end of the year, during the hardest time of the year, Sonia had to play that position. And without Olivia, like now Sonia can help her through point guard, um, 
just the ups and downs of being a point guard in the ACC. Um, yeah. not every night is going to be perfect. People, there's other great coaches. There other, there's other great teams. They're going to find ways to make you uncomfortable, to make it difficult. Um, I have obviously all the confidence in the world in Hannah, but that's great for Sonia because it's also going to help her. Um, you might, you might have to throw Sonia at the one if if you run into foul trouble. Um, at anything that might come along throughout the midst of a really long season uh, and having a freshman point guard. Uh, so obviously I think the experience is what's going to help Sonia lead Hannah the most. Um, and I think Hannah just being a point guard in general is going to take pressure and relief off of Sonia because it's not fun when you're not a point guard and you have to go be the quarterback of a team. Like if people look at football how important the quarterback is. It's the same thing in basketball. Your point guard is extremely important. They run the show. They call the plays. They call the shots. Right. Um, they can control the offense. They they bring so much to the game that's super important. And I think that having her there, even when she needs a break, you know, like last year she she had to play damn near 40 minutes a game in a position that she didn't play. And now it's like, shoot, if, if she needs a breather, she Hannah can, okay, I got you. Bring the ball up the court. Just go to the corner for this one. It's fine. Get the ball. Get into their offense. Yeah. Um, and I think that they're going to complement each other very nice because they're also two different personalities. So Sonia is lead by example. Um, she's neutrally balanced in everything she does. Doesn't show much emotion. Leads by example. And Hannah's the opposite where she's vocal. Um, she's talking. She's doing the other physical things. Um, and I think that the two of them are going to come together very nicely um, as players and bringing their personalities to the court within the offense and the defense and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, a couple of players. So uh, Anna DeWolf, not a good shooting night, uh, two of 10. Um, I don't want to make a big deal out of it. Like she's an older player. She knows, <laughs> she knows how to score. It's yeah. not, it's just, we're just going to chalk that up as a blip. No, she'll be um, great. I'm excited yeah. to see her this I, season. I, I want I want to ask you about uh, Becky Obinma. Yeah, it seems like a big deal because you have you have Kylie Watson who started next to uh, Maddie Westbaum, right? And Kylie has experience, um, but you do want that extra that extra player off the bench too, you know, yeah. like to come in and and spell either uh, Maddie or um, or Kylie, and yeah. so for her to come in. And have and I said it wrong. I I was looking twelve twelve rebounds. I, it was twelve points and twelve rebounds in seventeen yeah, minutes. Double. So that's mm -hmm. yeah. So that's what it was. Yeah. Uh, double double in seventeen minutes. Like that's that's impressive, right? And I feel like that that's a pretty big deal for this team as far as being able to kind of handle the rigors of the ACC um, and, oh, and yeah. to be be a um, you know, kind of a threat, you know, going in long into the tournament. Um, so tell me, tell me about what you, what you think about uh, the way Obinma, Obinma played. Huge. Um, she came in rebounding her strength. She's an athlete. She can move her feet really well. Mm -hmm. um, she's physical. And I mean, your first, that's a bigger stage compared to Pepperdine. If you think about that, yeah. that's, uh, that's a bigger stage. And she, she came in and did exactly what she was supposed to do. Um, there's a rebounding standard, obviously. And she came in and had a double, double. And I think that's really big because when you sub in at the post player spot, like 
you don't, you don't want to have to adjust things. Um, if you look at last year, sometimes when we subbed with the post, depending on who it was, so take Nat, for example, Nat can hit the free throw jumper. So that post player would come out and have to guard her. And then it opens up other, other post-up opportunities for guards, other three-point shots for guards. Um, and then you look at Kylie or Ebo, where that, that free throw jumper was not their strength. So then people would play off. Um, and then you'd have to adjust a little bit accordingly. Um, not by any means negative because they, they can still score in plenty of other ways. Um, but I think that that's huge. Like when you make those adjustments and subs, like, you know, like, okay, Becky's going to come in here. She's going to bang. She's going to do her thing. She's going to get rebounds. She's going to get buckets, be physical. Um, and that's huge, especially, you know, she's older. She's a fifth year. You want to be reliable, no matter if you're starting or if you're coming in. Um, and for her first night, her debut in an Irish uniform on that, that big stage, like I talked about, um, she's probably never played in an arena that big with that many people um, coming from a smaller conference. And that's just huge. That's really like, that's a great moment for her. Uh, she deserves to be celebrated. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing her challenge other post players in the ACC with her physicality and her ability to move her feet to go get the rebound because she's not the biggest. Um, right. Like she's not super tall. She's not super wide. Um, but she's strong and she's an athlete and super excited for her. And what she came and did last night is awesome. Great start. Great confidence booster. Great for the team. Yeah. Um, and just to, to highlight the, the rebounding standard that you talked about, mm -hmm. uh, Notre Dame with 51 rebounds, uh, Purdue Northwest with 23. So a 28 plus 28 on the boards. Yeah. Um, that will get it done uh, on, on the rebounding. And for so sure. I think. I think Neil Ivy will be very happy about that. Here's some um, overall player analytics. This is some advanced stat stuff. Uh, Hannah Hidalgo with the best game score on the team, 31.2. It's basically a, uh, it's a measure of your um, – it's a scale of 0 to 40. So it's a, it's a measure of your basically effectiveness on the court offensively and defensively, right? So she had the best game score on the day. Uh, Sonia Citron with, Citron with uh, 26.9. Um, so she had a very good day as well. Um, points produced for Hannah, 26.6, um, which factors in assists and, and all those other things. Uh, points allowed, which is um, which is key, I think, for Hannah, 4.5 points allowed. So that's basically who she's guarding or who, you know, the points that they're putting up in the game. And that also factors in assists. Uh, Becky Obinma with 1.2 on that. And I think that's 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 huge, right? Yeah. Like, I, th I think that that is the defensive piece is what um, I think Niel is looking for, especially from someone off the bench. Like if you're going to come off the bench and you're going to be an inside player, then be that big defender that um, kind of solidifies things in the middle. Like you don't want to be someone who comes in on the inside in your defensive liability. Cause then, then you're counting on offense that is kind of hit or miss based on how the guards are playing. And yeah. you don't want that. Right. So I think that's, that's yeah. huge for um, well said. I would Becky yeah, agree. Oh, thank you. Thank you. See, look at, look at just, 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 just being in this conversation has elevated my, basketball, my basketball knowledge. Yes. I'm trying to, I'm trying to learn things. Um, so again, I, I think the toughest, the toughest game in terms of net points um, came from Anna who actually, I mean, she didn't have, she didn't have a terrible game by any means. It's just like when you're not putting it up offensively, that's going to be, that's going to, you're going to have some bad analytics there. Yeah. And um, she's a again, 
she's a fifth year, so it, yeah. it doesn't matter. She's going to stay out there. She's going to play a lot. And if she doesn't have a good shooting night, she's definitely going to contribute in other ways because that's just what you do when you're that yeah. age, that experience. Yeah. And I think it, it shows too, like a lot of the time, again, the difference in when you step up a level is the, um, the inside play that you don't really see at the lower level of basketball. Yeah. Um, Becky Obima, 1.2 points allowed. Uh, Kylie Watson, 1.5. Maddie Westbell, 2.4. Right. It's just opponents don't have the uh, like shorthanded opponents like Purdue Northwest. They just don't have the players inside um, to deal with. Yeah. You know what Notre Dame has inside there. Anything else here stand out to you or anything that we previously talked about? I think what stands out is what we just pointed out about Anna DeWolf. So you mm-hmm. said not the best shooting night and Niel still left her out there for 32 minutes. You know, that, yeah, should, yeah. that should preview leadership uh, and trust that she has in her. It doesn't matter what the score is, you know, mm-hmm. that should preview that and preview that she's a leader. She's a senior. Um, and she's going to contribute in other ways. I mean, I just feel the need to touch on that. I know some people were really excited to see her because she's new. They've heard great things about her. Sonia and Kylie hypes her up on ACC Network. That shooting night means absolutely nothing. Um, you're going to see great, great parts of Anna DeWolf this year. Um, and there was one other thing. Becky, yeah. Where's this hers? 1.2. Like you said, the, the post play is not talked about enough. It's super undermined. And when you when you look at really great teams, they utilize things really well. Like you said before, like you don't want to come in and be a liability because mm-hmm. the first thing that one of Don Staley or Gino Oriema is going to see is, hmm, okay, someone just came in the game. Like, let's pick on her immediately. It happens right away. I could tell you when we were coming down the court and I would look at opposing coaches, I'd be yelling, they're running this, they're running that, or getting to help or something. Mm. And if you can come in the game and do that and defend in the post, it's it relieves a lot of pressure to your head coach. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So um, uh, to your point, Anna DeWolf, she got the most minutes in the game. She played yeah. 81% of the, the available minutes. Um, and, that, and look, it goes to show too, like, hey, like you're an important player for us. For sure. um, sh- shooting or not shooting like yeah. you're, you're you know you're you're important no matter what for sure. and look she came in with with almost 300 made threes or i think it was 248 made threes uh-huh. in her career. like she's gonna be able to she's gonna be, she's gonna be able to put the ball in the hoop yeah you know, she, right. she can make buckets um offensive uh some more analytics offensively um hannah hidalgo uh with an effective shooting percentage of 100 which basically factors in um the fact that made threes are are a higher percent like they you know they at they have added value basically so yeah. that's where you can get an effective shooting percentage of 100 you shoot eight for nine that's gonna that's gonna work out very nicely yeah um an offensive rating of 227.2 which is 100 not sustainable but <laughs> yeah. it's still it's still nice to see right and, and you're gonna see some some really um lopsided offensive ratings here because of the opponent in and how easily Notre Dame was able to score in the game. Um, some decent pace stats, I thought. 75, 75, um, 75 possessions for Notre Dame on the uh, on the night, which is is about four possessions more than they had, you know, their their pace last year. Yeah. But I think that 
in a game that is as lopsided as it was, you're not going to be pushing the ball, certainly not late in the fourth quarter and not late in the second quarter. They had, um, I believe, 60 possessions through three quarters. Um, and so that that's, you know, obviously you're you're sitting there at an 80, 80 possession pace there. And then you slow the game down in the fourth. Obviously, you're up by a ton. Um, it's also helped when, when you're getting steals. You're pushing the ball usually in that type of situation, uh, which is, you know, what you want to do. Um, let's see. Um, anything else on this sheet that stood out to you in terms of, you know, any of the advanced stats here? No, I think we covered for, for an exhibition game with that score. I think we covered the important parts. I wouldn't go deep, deep into these stats and start like really analyzing. I think maybe in a couple games or down the stretch, we'll, we'll get into some of those stats. Sounds good. All right. Defensively. Uh, this is, this is where it's fairly interesting to me. Um, uh, stop percentage for, uh, Becky Obama is at 155.3. So basically like you're just getting stops when you're on the court, um, and, and they're coming at you like at a, an, an enormous clip, right? So like, a, I mean, it, you know, it stands out, right? Like Becky Obama and Hannah Hidalgo, like had the best stop percentages on the team. That's yeah. very good. Uh, defensive rating. Uh, the two best on the team are Hannah at 47.8 and Becky Obama at 18. So look, that that's like, we're shutting you down completely. You're not getting anything against us, um, which, yeah. yeah. So that's important uh, to see. Yeah. That's um, big, especially so, for newcomers. Right, right. Exactly. New, new yeah. to the, uh, new to the, um, yeah, new to the, uh, to the team. So uh, it's good stuff from Notre Dame overall. And uh, really excited to see, um, you know, offensive rebound rate for Becky Obama is sitting there at 28.4. Maddie at 19.3, which is like, again, like that's, that's, it, it highlights the the difference in size um, and the ability from inside players going down to a lower level. But also, um, you know, it, you want to, like, it's like you said, like you want, it, it needs to be that way and you it want it to be that way. Right, like you, yeah. you have an advantage there, and you want those players. They're, they're, they are, you know, Becky's an experienced player, not at Notre Dame, but experienced. Maddie's obviously played a ton of basketball for Notre Dame, so you you want them to maximize that, and uh, you want them to, you know, stand out in that area. And they did. Um, anything else from this that you want you want to go into before we get on to uh, the game in Paris? Let's get on to Paris. Let's get on to Paris. Everyone's very excited. I know. Um, Let's talk. Uh, I mean, are are you are you upset? Are you upset that this is a year after you yeah. exhausted your eligibility? Hell you, yeah! You could be you could be going you could be going. <laughs> I hope. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I'm a little upset just because it's like, oh, dang, would love to play South Carolina in Paris, uh, but at the same time, I'm excited for them. Um, I will highly enjoy watching the game from my couch. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. After, yeah. After I rehab and work out, I will. I will be there with the candles in the cold weather, definitely on the couch. Yes. Um, I have just been hearing about all the fans that are getting ready to travel, all the travel packages bought for this game, and I would imagine we are going to have a lot of fans over there, um, just because of Notre Dame and all the connections over mm-hmm. there with Paris. 
Um, so that is so excited. I know they are so excited because there's other things. They're not just going there to play a game. You know, they're they're making history. Um, South Carolina is also making history. Mm-hmm. They have dinners. They have some events. Um, and that is just forget the game. That is such a cool opportunity, um, especially with the evolution of women's sports. Um, mm-hmm. So cool. Uh, so cool for everybody else, the broadcasters, um, the coaches. I mean, it's a it's a very special moment. And to to get hype and play a team like South Carolina over there is like that's a dream to open up the season. Um, super excited about all of that non-basketball stuff. Mm-hmm. But this matchup is huge. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the matchup. Right. Um, I would I, w- I in, you know, talking about I, I like Notre Dame, the football team played in Ireland. I had no desire to do that, uh, but it would be awesome. I, I just I don't like going. I don't like going. To, I don't like doing that for Notre Dame. I, just, I would rather not or a football game. Like I'd rather stay home. But like this Paris trip, like this is one of those FOMO things. Like this would legitimately be awesome to go. Um, and if you're in the traveling party, uh, you yeah. want to make sure you have all the things you need. And if if you know Paris, known for fashion. Oh, and if you, if you, if you're going and you need, uh, I'm going out to nice restaurants. I need, a, I need, I need a dress shirt. I need something to wear to restaurants that's versatile and comfortable. And if you haven't done so, then head over to esqclothing.com. And, uh, they have created the world's first bamboo dress shirt craft from high quality bamboo fabric. It's the softest and most comfortable shirt you'll ever put on. Not only more sustainable than cotton, but also feels cooler, has stretch is order and wrinkle resistant. And it's even machine washable. You've seen ESQ's one piece collar bamboo dress shirt on, uh, all of Notre Dame's top players and coaches. It's the perfect shirt for today's business meeting or heading for a night out. Use ISD 15, get 15% off all online items. ISD 15 for 15% off. ESQ, it's good stuff there. ESQ, get on your ESQ. Papa Mabry, you know, hook them up. <laughs> Papa Mabry, ISD 15. Um, all right, all right, Darren. Number 10, Notre Dame gets number six, South Carolina. Um, where are you at with this, right? I, I assume you're thinking about it a lot, um, how it can go. It, it's it's weird. So basketball, again, is it's like a free-flowing game. Right. So I feel like there's so many factors that can go one way or another that it's kind of hard to predict a game like this where um, you haven't really seen either team. You know, both teams are going to be good. Um, Could it just simply come down to what team, you know, people always say make or miss basketball, make or miss league kind of thing. Right. Like, could it just simply come down to that? factor just like one team shoots better than the other team and that's that's how it that's how it comes out yeah but I think that there's more that factors into it because if you take every single game and every loss uh way more goes into it than Mm -hmm. just calling it an off shooting night because there's always something else that you can do so I know last year when we lost to Maryland we didn't have a great three-point shooting night. I think I was one for six from three. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe even in the first half, I think it was one for six. Um, that was that was lightly mentioned, you know, because there were so many other things that, like, we could do. As lightly mentioned within the locker room? 
Yeah, like lightly mentioned after the game when we lost because although like no one said, oh, we had a poor shooting night and that's why we lost. Like Mm. there's a a ton of other things that could happen. Um, But I'll tell you what, in a game like this, if you don't show up, you lose. You got to show up. You know what I mean? And showing up doesn't mean making shots. Showing up means knowing the scouts, knowing personnel, not like when you play a team like South Carolina, you can't run at everybody like they're Steph Curry, you know, because they have different weapons. They shooting was not their strength last year. Yes, they replaced with some three point shooters. They can shoot the ball better this year, um, but you got to show up. You got to do the little things um, and you're you can't have mental lapses in a game like this because against really high caliber teams, mental lapses are points. They are just easy buckets, transition yeah. points. Um, so I would say you just got to show up. Both teams have to show up. The players have to show up. Coaches have to show up. Um, and that's more of a mental thing, I would say, because if, if the mental part is there and you show up mentally, you're bound to perform. So like closing out to the right shoulder, uh, closing out, you know, going on top of screens versus under screens yeah. versus a ter- certain type of player. Um Closing out hard ver- against one player and then not doing so against another player. Um, you know, how, how they like to how they like to run their offensive sets, like yeah. whether you're switching and whether where and when to switch and that sort of thing. So like that's the mental game that goes on with basketball. Yeah. And that and I feel like the best offenses make make the defense. And this goes to continuity, right? And this, and then it also goes to coaching, right? And it's very difficult, like, like why it's difficult to play a team like Don Staley because every play has a counter off of an action, right? Yeah. And so you have to be into your scouting report, right? You have to know, okay, they ran this set. They ran this this mm-hmm. screen motion, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I need to be on top of this. Well, now I need to be under this. Oh, they're coming back here. Now I need to be on top of that. Or this is when we switch. And it, and then now I've switched. Okay, now what does this player do? How am I going to attack her? Which way do I want her to go? Do I want her to go left? Do I need to force baseline? Where's my help? Like all this stuff happens yeah. in 30 seconds, right? And so yeah. you need to you need to be on all of that. So I think that's what you're talking about. It's like 100%. showing up, showing up mentally um, and ready to go and scouting. Yeah. And, and I'm just saying there's going to be mistakes. Every possession. It's, it's well. It's the opener, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's for and, and for all intents and purposes, it's the opener. How hard is it to uh, open with an opponent like this? I've never done it. Um, it's going to be really difficult for both teams. Yeah. Um, we do have some really good practice players, though. I must say, shout out to our practice players because they are really good, intense, uh, and physical. So they definitely have prepared them well, but it's it's not a game. You know what I mean? Um, so, Do you want to go into that for a second? What? Practice players? The practice players. Because – Yeah, I, let's I'll, just I'll, talk I'll, about practice Let's players. do that. Well, because I, I, that's a, a part of the, the program that I don't think a lot of people know about. No, and I don't think a lot of people across the country can say that they have great practice players. Mm-hmm. Like we have practice players that are good. Um, they make practice extremely difficult at times. Um, they are physical. They are fast and athletic. They pick you up full court. Um, and I mean, you credit, credit Neil to that too, because 
that's how she wants us to practice how we're going to play. So yeah. our practices are extremely intentional. Um, there's practice players there every day. Um, we take care of them well. Um, we definitely give them what they deserve in return. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, there's two. I mean, there's been great ones. There was one a couple of years ago that I mean, no one could defend. Um, but it's it's great because when you are going up against someone that is better than your opponents, um, just from like a, a skill standpoint, obviously, yeah. you know, their names are Ben or CJ. Their skills might not be where a whole South Carolina offense is. Like it's two yeah. completely different things, but yeah. it teaches you the right mechanisms to be in in the right positions on defense if you're going up against someone that is faster, stronger, and more athletic or can move better uh, than people you're going to play against. So I would say they were a huge part. I mean, not only of our program, but of my career too, like in my, in my personal workouts and my individual ones I have with my coaches, there was a practice player there guarding me and it wasn't always offense. Like I would, some of my workouts would be me defending a ball screen against our practice player with no one else on the court. And it made me so much better. Like you have to give, them all the credit in the world they do it voluntarily they do everything else that we do they're full-time students they work and they show up to practice every single day to make us better you know like they have fun in the game for sure essentially like they're there for us like and you can't thank them enough so these are see these are men yes okay my sister's gonna get me on this one because sometimes she has to play in practice so shout out to you coach mike your greatest scout team player out there. No, but it goes into it, right? I, I, I mean, yeah, like it, go, it goes into that. I mean, look, that's, I think that's an aspect that not a lot of people know about. So I think that's, that's Amazing. good insight into that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like that, that, that would go to show like the prep that goes into something like this and getting the girls ready to go for yeah. a top opponent like this. Um, where are the nerves with, with, because it's such a long season, you know what I mean? Like it is. And, and the ACC is such a big, like, uh, goal, goal yeah. to, and it's, and it's, and it's a hard, uh, it's, it's a hard, like the ACC is really good. Right. So it's a very tough conference and that's going to take in a lot. Like, is there the amount of pressure on, on a game like this to where it's like, Hey, like, is it easier for the girls to say like, Hey, this is just an amazing opportunity. Like, let's go out there and show out and whatever happens happens. You know what I mean? Like, it's not the end of the world. Like I obviously you want to win. You want to win every single time, every, every single practice you want to win, but this doesn't have the, I, I don't, I don't want to speak. I'm asking you a question. Does <laughs> it have, well, no, because I'm, I'm, I, I was starting to, I know. Yeah. So I don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> does it have, um, the type of game pressure that you would have if, if the game was like an elimination type game, you know what I'm saying? Like, like it's just, it, yeah. it, it's just like, man, like, let's just go show out. We're in Paris. It's a great opponent. Like, let's just go get it because what it's, a, a, there's a term like, like a free roll, basically. Like no one's going to bang you if you lose to South Carolina and Paris by like four points or whatever. Like no one, like no one's going to freak out about that. You know what I mean? And nationally, the locker room will obviously care. But you, do you see what I'm getting at with that? Yeah, totally understand. To hit on the first point I was going to say is, yes, it is another game. And I think 
as a leader, even when we would play in March Madness and stuff, like I would, you never are supposed to like bring pressure upon your team because everyone already knows what's at stake. Um, and you don't, you don't want to be the reminder of that. So like when we would play in really high intensity games that hold a lot of weight, because even though this is just the first game of the year and it's in Paris, um, a win like that holds a lot of weight down the line when it comes to seeding um, and regions um, in the NCAA tournament. So yeah. a win like that does hold a lot, a lot of weight. I don't think the players necessarily would be thinking of that right now. I know the coaches definitely are, um, but they know how important it is a win like this, but I don't think that's ever mentioned like throughout uh throughout the team and things that are said and through preparation and leadership, you know, no one's going to get up there and say like this win holds so much weight and we have to win because this, this, and that what really needs to be said is this is a great opportunity. Let's go out there and let's have fun and play hard because as a player, like I can speak on experience when you truly embrace having fun and playing hard, you're going to win nine times out of 10 when you let go of all the other stuff. Um, so I think they understand the opportunity it is and the weight, um, of what a win like this would do, um, on both ends for Notre Dame and South Carolina, but I don't think it's talked about or expressed as it shouldn't be, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, what, what an awesome, awesome scene it's going to be, you know, like that, that's, that's, yeah, that's great. Yeah. It's gonna. It's just gonna be really, um, it's so really, really good. Yeah. Um. What? What? What do you? Well, I guess. Okay. Do you want to get into? Do you want to make a prediction? Like, what do you think about this game? Like, what? What? Like, you think? Like, okay. If Notre Dame does X, they will win. What is okay. it? If Notre Dame rebounds the ball and gets back on defense, they will win the game. Okay. They will win do the you- game seventy-three to sixty-seven. Oh, <laughs> predictions. Yeah. Let's go. I, my prediction out there. I did have my prediction early on. I don't think, I think South Carolina is a really good defensive and rebounding team. So I don't think that the score is going to be very high. Um, okay. But I think that in order to win the game, better name, you have to, you better box out like your bleeping life depends on it when you yeah. play South Carolina. Um, and you need to get your behind back on defense because they're pushing pace. They're going to use their athleticism to their advantage. Um, and you need to know personnel. You need to know when to run out of shooter and when not to. That's Those are my thoughts on the game. Let's go. Let's go. 73-67. You better box out like your life depends on it. Yeah. yeah. But box out like your life depends on it. That'll be the, that'll be the, the header of this, uh, yeah. this show. Um, so the game is Monday at, uh, one Eastern time, mm-hmm. uh, 10 Pacific. Do you know the channel? Do you know the channel? I, 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 I haven't looked it up. Right? Is it on ESPN? I don't know. I, I, I assumed ESPN, but I didn't want to like say. Let's it go. Could be Fox. Fox. Not covered right here. She's Hold got on. me covered. This is great. This is great. Yes, uh, that was right. Radio. ESPN. 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 One okay. Eastern time. There it is. One Eastern, ten Pacific. Um, We're gonna be watching. We're gonna be going. We're gonna our couch 
from our couch, from our couch, uh, drinking in coffee ES, in our ESQ shirts. In our ESQ shirts, we are going to watch. Uh, so that after the game, we are going to do a live show, live reaction show. Yeah. Me and mm-hmm. Dara, it's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, talking about a Notre Dame victory. But whatever it is, we finally get to have we finally get to have eyes on them and see how it goes. Um, and it's going to be very exciting. So you're going to want to tune in to our live show, uh, our Dines with Dara on the Joy Slot podcast. Uh, it's going to be great. Or probably around probably around three Eastern time. Usually these games take about two hours. So three Eastern time, noon Pacific time, which is perfect. It's my lunch. So uh, it's going to be great. So check us out there. Uh, check us check out this show on our YouTube channel. Please like. Please subscribe. Please hit the notification bell. Leave us a comment. Let us know how you're feeling about this show. Uh, we'll be back. We'll be back on uh, on Monday. So everybody, thanks for thanks for listening. We'll talk to you on Monday, and uh, have a good good uh, good weekend. <laughs>